Hey there, it's Lacey J from Space Bear Media, the makers of Lost in My 40s. Did you know that Space Bear Media also has a YouTube page where you can go to watch a video pre-show before every podcast episode? If you haven't watched it yet, stop, go there, do so, and then come back. Hashtag hunt a killer. <laughs> Hashtag I've got gas coming out of everywhere. Both ends. So, yeah, so it's lost episode 12 and the fucking wheels have come off, y'all. <laughs> no shit. And you, Lacey just started drinking. <laughs> Everybody say hello. Hey. Hello. 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 All right, guys. Here's the truth. We don't record these weekly. You know, we meet you at the beginning of the episode and we do our little chat and we post it online. Come to the Facebook page, Lost in My 40s, please. We do wonderful things there. We get your power rankings, and we post sexy pictures of sweaty Kate and all the things. Rained <laughs> on is, Kate. Wet Kate. Drenched Kate. <laughs> Point is... Supple uh, Kate. We, <laughs> we have been getting together once a week, and we're recording uh, three episodes. We did have um, a little technical mishap where we had to do four this week. So we've already recorded three. This is the fourth one. I am now drinking. Um, and I've that's been why drinking. The, <laughs> that's why the episode started the way it did. We're a little bit giddy. Let's strap in. We've got a long <laughs> ride with Kate. <laughs> strap in or strap on. Um, that's up to Kate's preference. I'm, <laughs> I'm here to do whatever she likes. Okay, well, uh, then back to Ben. Madeir, can you uh, catch us up on the power rankings? Where are we after today? Yeah, well, uh, the the power rankings sort of sort of mirror the uh, the general attitude of the show. Not really much has changed. Um, Kate is still in first place, uh, in no small part to her total fuckability. Um, Locke <laughs> hasn't moved, but he's still still holding strong in second place with eighty eight points. Um, and how many does she have now? One hundred and five. Oh, so she actually she her lead got a little bit bigger. She still went up, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jack is in third place still. Um, at the bottom of the barrel, we still have Shannon, though um, she's not. Uh, she's not. She's actually making up some ground now for the first time, pretty much ever. Um, and we've got uh, yeah. Well, uh, next week that's probably gonna. Not we've got the case. and then we've got Michael <laughs> and Sawyer kind of jockeying back and forth. Uh, Michael, uh, let's see, Sawyer. Um, fell in the rankings and Michael is uh, just moved up. So they're, they're just kind of going back and forth between second and third worst. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ben lost episode 12, whatever the case may be. It is quite a literal uh, episode title. Yep. All right. We start off. It is day 21 on the Island. Three full weeks. They have been stranded on this kooky, crazy polar bear-filled island. And the episode actually It's actually, actually at out. the end of the day, it will be three full weeks. You know what, motherfucker? 
what the fuck? What is that you're drinking? Because, man, I want some of that shit. Pretty strong. I am having a margarita. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe he roofied it. Ben made it for me. All right. Can you hear that? Yes, yeah. I can. Okay. Sounds like, coming. Uh, sounds like drunkenness. Yes, yeah, Christian coming. Yes. Christian. <laughs> All right. Here we go. The episode actually starts out really sweet. It's panning across the jungle, up a tree where Kate is has climbed, and she's picking some kind of fruit from a vine. The music sounds kind of... Shake of the coconuts, maybe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those were definitely I mean, not coconuts, but... Um, I, saw her, yeah. I saw her perched atop a, a giant shaft of wood, and I could not help but think <laughs> that she was perched atop a giant shaft of wood. <laughs> If Evangeline Lily ever hears about this podcast, she's going to hate us all. That's what I was just saying. Fucking Space Bear Media is going to get a harassment suit from Evangeline Lily. (laughs) You folks are gross. No, I'm just kidding. We love you, Evangeline. You want to fuck her, too. Come on. Me? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know her per se. I. I don't necessarily want to have sex with that. I do. I really do. But more, I want Kate because Kate's the one. You know, she's the character. Evangeline, if you're right. listening, I want you to. <laughs> <laughs> Call me. All right. Point is, uh, if your man can't do you right. Christy. Christy. It's going to take us so long. It's going to be a two hour episode. This is is one of these episodes because now I have to explain what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) So, Christy's husband, this is one of his favorite little ditties, little stories. We all met uh, working at the same restaurant. And there was one night where Caleb was, who is Christy's husband, was behind the bar. And I had the tables in the smoking section, which was a thing. That was a long time uh, ago. At the time, yeah. Because <laughs> we old. Um, and so the smoking section was in the bar, right? So um, I was waiting on a table, and it was a mother and a son. And the guy just kind of, like, kept hitting on me. And he, um, it was Caleb and Dennis was behind the bar, too. And he thought, yeah, I know, is that funny? That means nothing to almost everyone listening, yeah. but that's fine. It's our little moment. Um, anyways, so this guy like ordered a drink for me and I brought it back to him and I set it down on the table and he, he just looked at me and he started singing and he said, (laughs) if your man can't can't do do it right, call me, call me. And it was like the weirdest, yes, it was like the weirdest, most random thing. And he was at dinner with his mother. And so I went back and I sang that song to the bartenders, and uh, that was like twenty some fucking years ago. And yeah. we're still talking about it. <laughs> did you Did you ever get his number? Yeah. No, I don't. Want never calling. You, no. you tease. You no, tease. I didn't tease nothing. <laughs> I mean, I might have. That was how I w- yeah. made a lot of tips. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, we are literally still only 30 seconds into this episode, and we've been recording for, uh, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> so, here we go. Um, what I was trying to tell you guys is that the episode actually starts out, it's kind of pretty, and it's nice, and it's comforting, and we see her on the tree, and she's pricking fruit, and there's hopeful-sounding music, and the sun is shining on her face, and the jungle is kind of, like, alive with sounds of bugs and birds, and it just seems like a lovely little morning. And she climbs down the tree, takes a sip of water, heads off into this very thick jungle, and suddenly she hears a branch snap and turns around. The music changes, you know, to ominous, and we know someone else is there. 
She takes a few steps, hears some more rustling, picks up a rock and chucks that motherfucker in the direction of the sound. <laughs> and that's when you hear, ow, son of a bitch, uh, in, <laughs> in Sawyer's voice. And he uh, emerges from the brush. And they both kind of get angry and trade. What the hell are you doing? And Kate asks if he's stalking her. And he's like, no, he's protecting her. And she snaps back with, from what? Southern perverts? (laughs) 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 That's the kind of clapback these four perverts would get should Kate ever hear anything we say about her. Um, Anywho, Sawyer starts crying about how his knee is all jacked up. He wants to know why the fuck Kate is out way out in the jungle by herself. And she says it's the only place that hasn't been picked clean yet. He's worried about her being alone, especially after Claire was kidnapped. And so that's why, you know, he's been following her. <clears throat> Kate's insistent she does not need any fucking help. And uh, Sawyer mocks her for acting that way. And uh, all of a sudden, Kate, like, seems to hear something off in the jungle that Sawyer does not. And she pushes through some super thick brush. And they come upon a lagoon. And what she heard was this gorgeous fucking waterfall. And the scene is this beautiful little lagoon. It's encased in, you know, the jungle is surrounding it. Huge rocks for, like, climbing and jumping. Big waterfall. And fucking Sawyer starts immediately taking his clothes off. And I'm like, hello, And Kate asks what he's doing, and he says, I need to soak my sore knee. Tries to coax her. What? Go ahead, Ben. You raised your hand. No, I was just shaking my pen. (laughs) (laughs) It is really, like, says a lot about the fact that all you had to say is, no, I'm shaking my pen, and we all cracked up like you were jerking off. Like, it's just where our heads are. It's I mean, I was, but <laughs> Kate's about to be in her panties. <laughs> she is about yeah. to be in her panties. So yeah, yeah. I think so I, I, think I can do right this. Here. Kate panties. All right. Yeah. Until we start but doing Sawyer's... this thing on video, I, I feel feel like I can get away with it. <laughs> All yeah. right. So Sawyer actually, Sawyer says something uh, that I think is correct, and I'm on his side with this. He does. He says, "Come on, freckles. After all we've been through on this island, don't we deserve something good?" And no. then he asks her if she's a navel-gazing, no-fun mopey type. Because um, apparently <laughs> she's looking at his belly button. I'm looking at those X and those arms, but okay. And so she starts to take off her clothes, too. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And for some stupid-ass reason, Sawyer wears his jeans in the water, but he has his shirt off. Uh, yeah, Kate goes, I, walking oh. around in wet jeans yeah. chafes. You can't swim. You can't swim in jeans. They grab you. They drag you down. That's so ridiculous. All right. So um, Kate goes bottomless. Uh, She's got like her tank top and her undies. She looks good as fuck. And they're getting in the water, and Sawyer makes this sort of like pervy kind of noise, like, yeah. And when she gets in, he does. Same noise I was making, really. So they get in there, they're having a super duper time in the lagoon, they're playing like dunking each other, and they swim over to the rocks and climb up and jump in and then have like an underwater tickle fight. It's all very amazingly charming and and lovely, Uh, which is ever, whenever 
you have one of these lovely, charming moments in this show, you know it's only because they're about to hit you with something fucking awful. And um, in this case, they swim face first into two airline passengers who are still strapped into their seats, still holding hands, and they're decomposing and it's disgusting. And that's when we get the lost title screen. When the, so, when this happened, when the lost title screen came up, I just had it in my mind. It was like, don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Please stick to the Sawyers and the Jacks that you're used to. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and continue. They surface at the top of the lagoon and kind of, <coughs> excuse me. Not only am I having a margarita, but I did just actually take a hit of uh, marijuana. So just pause for a second. And now a word from our sponsors. (laughs) (laughs) Should we have marijuana sponsors? I don't see why not. I I mean, in this state, we certainly can. My state here with Benjamin, I mean. Um, Okay, let me start all over again. Ready? Let's go. Okay. They surface at the lagoon and they make sure that each other is okay. And Sawyer says he's going to go back down there and search the bodies. And she's annoyed that that's his first instinct, but she follows him down there. And we see the bodies, they're decaying, super fucking disgusting. Sawyer's checking the pockets and Kate uh, catches sight of a metal briefcase under a seat. So the look on her face changes immediately to kind of an, oh my God, she can't believe what she's seeing. Um, Sawyer swims up to the top, not finding anything, and she, and he doesn't, you know, he hadn't seen the no, case. He's got a wallet. She follows him up. Yeah, he got the he's wallet. He got a wallet. Oh. Yeah. Yes, you're right, but I don't know that until he gets to the top. It looks oh, like he okay. didn't have anything. That's what I, what I was yeah. thinking at the time. My bad. I guess when I wrote, when I wrote the Which timeline. Which is quite, yeah, quite sorry. important, a wallet to have on the island. Exactly. <laughs> what do you define in a wallet that you need? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so... Um, so he swims up to the top. She follows him, and they have this, like, camera shot from where maybe you're, like, at the bottom of the lagoon, and you watch her swimming up in her underwear, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's basically the view from the, <laughs> his view from the eyes of the dead people. Yeah, it is, yeah. They're, even, um, even then, they're like, I'm dead, but she's hot. She's hot. She's hot. <laughs> yeah, like permanent so they, wood. <laughs> they surface again. Rigor mortis. Um, so you're super... <laughs> Oh, my God, you two. Sawyer's super excited uh, that he found the wallet, and Kate thinks that he's disgusting for that. And Sawyer claims, you know, the guy's not going to miss it, which I happen to agree with, but whatever. Kate asks for help to get the case free. So they swim down there. She has trouble yanking on it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, come on. I set that up. (laughs) But Sawyer is able to break the case free, and they swim back to the top, and the case is in Sawyer's hands. And um, he gives it to her, but makes a joke about, you know, her having the key. There's no way that she's kind of going to get it open. And she laughs it off a little bit, sits down on this rock, and she's looking at the case and kind of inspecting it in a way that seems like the case would be unfamiliar to her. And so he says, that case ain't yours, is it? And Kate tries her best to pretend like she doesn't give a shit about the case, but he knows better. And, uh... He asks, you basically ask her, like, do you want to tell me about what this suitcase is? And calls her freckles again. Uh, Meanwhile, during this scene, she's like shimmying into her jeans and I'm fucking dying over it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So she tells him. Yeah, she's got a nice shimmy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) 
So uh, she tells Sawyer she doesn't give a fuck about the case and he can have it. And then she just walks off with her backpack and a little smirk. And he's kind of left there wondering, like, what the hell just happened? And we cut to it's a, you know what? a shot. He was probably just, it was a little concerned because he knew he was going to get laid. And then he was, you know, there were buttons. New? Yeah, no, he knew he was going to get laid. And then all of a sudden he was, oh, like he was stymied by, by, you know, bodies yeah, he was decaying in the water. Dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. So, um, after this, we cut to a shot of the beach. There's like a fierce ocean happening, huge waves. They're crashing, carrying suitcases with them into the ocean, or, you know, out and then back in the waves. And um, the survivors are running out into the waves and they're like trying to grab the suitcases and save them. It's a pretty violent scene. Everybody's being knocked over. And Jack and Saeed are discussing how the tide um, had come in so violently and so quickly and that that's not a normal activity and that it's not going in and out like the tide at, at regular intervals. Um, Jack points out, out that there's... The <laughs> but the old and out and out. On the weepy young um, they had there. <laughs> so Jack just like makes some comment about how there's a lot of things on this island that are not normal, which is correct. Jack makes a calculation that the fuselage will be underwater in a few days and that they need to get everything off the beach before nightfall and able to salvage it. I don't know how he makes this calculation after they just said that things aren't He's normal. A but water whatever. engineer or whatever. He knows all these things. <laughs> sure. So um, there, Jack is trying to convince Saeed that people would be safer, you know, if they were in the caves. And Saeed is like, well, you know... When people are getting kidnapped out of the jungle, cavens, don't feel safe. couple things going on there that don't don't really, <laughs> yeah, they don't really do support it. your case, Jack. So Jack wants Saeed to take him to meet Rousseau uh, because she's talked about the others and Claire is missing. So Jack deduces that the others must have her and he wants more information um, about them. And suddenly Saeed just like changes his tune. From the last episode, it was the we are not alone. And now all of a sudden he's talking about how it was the wind playing tricks on him and that there are no others. He just suddenly doesn't want to believe it. There's really no explanation as to why he changed his tune. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, he's so facing his, about, own, his own shock. Right. Oh, oh, like he doesn't want to He doesn't to want believe to believe that, that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so Jack asks about the papers that were taken from Danielle and Saeed says something funny about how there are equations on them that he just can't understand, but if he could translate some of the notations, maybe he could figure it out. Um, and he just says something about like the equations being super advanced and I don't know. Jack seems to think that if they can decode what's in these papers, then maybe they could figure out like what's up with the others and where is Claire and why they took her. Um, and Saeed, then he, again, he continues this weird uh, idea about how, like, he he suddenly doesn't want to know anything, even though he took the papers. He's like, well, maybe some things shouldn't be discovered. And Jack says, well, you should tell him that, and points over at Charlie, who is still 
kind of sitting there just staring off into nowhere, which is what he was doing the last time we saw Charlie. You can see the, the scars around his neck where he was hanged, and they look pretty beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say br- <laughs> brutal. Yeah, they do look That's brutal. That's what I was t- trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting there so stunned, and he like he looks just so yeah, sad. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody on the beach is, like, salvaging what they can, and they're all pitching in and dragging stuff back to shore. And then there's Shannon, like, sitting there on her fucking ass reading a magazine. Don't, <laughs> don't, at boom. some point, don't magazines start to lose their allure after, like, you know, you can go through 15 magazines in a day. Yeah, I'm, sure first, I'm wondering, like, is she just reading things. the same thing over and over and over? I think she's wondering. just looking at the pictures. She's like, maybe. How many times I mean, do you if ha- you have nothing else to do, how many times do you have to read the same the same article about twelve spots that will please your man? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I see you have picked up a cosmopolitan. Oh my god! Every every single one of them says the same thing. It's like, okay, yep. has, the, has human anatomy changed that much since last week? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> if these if these broads oh haven't fucking figured it out by now, then uh, I don't think I don't think any additional literature is going to help them. Broads. Broads. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Jesus. We had an interview recently so, with somebody who used that. Who used <laughs> Stuck in my broad, head now. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> On uh, a Zero Shame yeah. Stories episode, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Shannon starts questioning Boone. She really wants to know, like, what the fuck is up with he and Locke. Because they've been going off into the jungle every day and... No, they've stopped the ruse that they're uh, looking for Claire, but they say they're hunting now. Um, and she suspects they're actually up to something else, which we know is the hatch. So, little jungle love. What she thinks they're well with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, me. I'm oh, out there yeah, with them. Is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but then, but then yeah. after they have you, they go all broke back out there. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's fine by me. Yeah. I'll watch. Yeah, the, the hatch. Um, the hatch is really a metaphor. Yes. For what? For that Boning? lock you can't pick. Oh. Ooh, you see that? You see that? <laughs> and lock trying to pick a All lock. Right. You know, it's it's so dense. Boone gets annoyed. At, oh Jesus! Boone gets annoyed at Shannon's questioning, and he tells her that basically everybody on the island thinks that they're a joke and that they're useless, and he's just trying to contribute. And uh, Shannon pouts a little. Fuck her. Who cares? Um, we cut to sundown, and Kate is on the beach. She's been in a fire, and she sees Sawyer. She's womaning the fire. Go. She's personing the fire. Oh, for God's Personing, Don't. yes. She's yeah. personing the fire. her. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Boom. Thank you. All right. So uh, she sees Sawyer go by on the beach, and he's carrying the case. And we get, like, a close-up of her face, and then back to the case, and then her face in the case. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> they're they're making it perfectly clear uh, where her attention is, and then uh, they whoosh us back into flashback number one. Kate is sitting in a bank manager's office, uh, looking very professional, and also I wrote down tasty. I like the blush. I, can, I concur. You like her blush? The blush on the on the yeah, cheeks. Yeah, I like her knee high boots actually, mm-hmm. which you don't see until later. Everything yeah. about the so, outfit and her hair and all. It's good. It's it all it all mm-hmm. works. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It all's good. So, um, he calls her Miss Ryan. 
and says that, you know, they're going to, like, get started on processing this loan application. And we find out that she's in New Mexico. She says she's a photographer, and she's been commissioned to do a coffee table book about old towns or some shit like that. I thought she was actually, when she said a coffee table book, we had just watched that Seinfeld episode where Kramer wanted to do a a coffee table book about coffee coffee table table books. And I thought she was, for some reason, yeah. Yeah, which had legs, so the book itself was a coffee table book. Yeah, yeah. God, that was a long time ago. I remember that episode. That was like two days ago for me, so. (laughs) Yeah, we just watched it. Um, All right, so suddenly robbers burst through the door. They're shooting out cameras, like security cameras, telling everybody to shut up, get down. Uh, it's very chaotic. The camera's like kind of spinning around. It's hard to even ascertain how many Do robbers Do we know there they are. were robbers? I mean, well, I, heard, so, I heard it was Antifa. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Antifa dressed as robbers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Those it is. Those are what yeah. you gotta watch out for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pelosi thugs. That's what them. they were. Yes. Yeah. Soros. At least two of them. Army. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Our politics Sorry. coming out right now. We QAnon theories by then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So at least two of these guys have handguns and one has a shotgun. Um, they all have black like ski masks over their face and they're just kind of shooting up into the air. And then one of them points a gun at Kate and says, all right, girly, get over there. Throws her on the ground, calls her a bitch. Uh, the one with the shotgun has a fucking trucker hat on top of his ski mask, and it really bothers me. <laughs> I really can't. I can't take that. That's more egregious than robbing a bank, uh, in my opinion. But all right. Um, so the clear there's obviously a leader of this little robber gang, and he asks the guy that Kate was talking to if he's the bank manager, and he says yes. And they basically that you know they want him to open up the cage. And um, you see kind of everybody's just sort of screaming and upset at this point. And you see Kate kind of lean forward and she just puts her forehead down on the floor um, in the bank. And then we are back to the island and it's nighttime. Now, Kate tiptoes into Sawyer's like makeshift house or whatever, finds him sleeping with the briefcase between his knees. So clearly he's wise to her shit and knows that yeah. she's going to come and try to take it. Or so. he just wants her to reach between his knees. Also oh. true. Oh, no. He I lays the, he things. lays this trap and gets exactly what he wants out of yes, it. Yes, he does. <laughs> so she tries to take it. Of course, he wakes up and grabs her by the wrist, pulls her down on top of him and says, gotcha. And Kate, says get off me and he reminds her that she's actually on top and makes some comment about how that's probably what she oh, was I thought she said get for. me off <laughs> that's what you wanted her yeah, to say. That's what I was hoping she said <laughs> um and so then she fucking headbutts him like a boss that was amazing I mean, just like, Dude, yeah yeah I was cheering and they wrestle a little bit and they come up and he has the case Sawyer um kind of taunts her you want to try to get it again? Like, he's enjoying all of this. And she demands that he hand, he hand it over. He refuses. And she turns and leaves. And he just kind of grins. He's enjoyed this uh, little activity <laughs> thoroughly. So next, um, it's day 22 now on the island. It's the next morning. And we see Shannon sunbathing. She looks hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's wearing a, br- a bright orange bikini top with like white bottoms with the same orange trim on it. 
She checks her tan lines, rolls over, and then takes her top off. Yeah. And Saeed approaches and reminds her that they're really close to the equator and she's white as fuck. And she <laughs> should probably like, not be laying out. Um, and then he says he needs to ask her about something. And she, like, sits up all seductively and pulls this little pink kind of shawl or something over her boobs. And she's sitting there looking sexy. I wish at that point, Saeed, I, I, I need you to catch me a fish. <laughs> he does not ask her that he asks her to translate the french notations that are on the maps of danielle or maps that belong to danielle and um she suddenly like has a purpose right after um you know wave and her brother have deemed her fucking useless so then she questions if boone actually put saeed up to this because she thinks that he's trying to make her feel good about herself. Said swears that's not the case. Said's just like, who? And who are you talking yeah, about? Was, <laughs> <laughs> Boone? Is this somebody I should know? Um, so he thinks that if she can translate the notations into English, that, that the English versions will help him um, understand what the equations uh, are actually uh, doing. So... We cut to Sawyer, and he is trying to pick the lock on this case. Michael sees him and tells him if he's able to pick the lock on a Halliburton, because he suddenly knows everything about briefcase security, um, that he'd put Sawyer on his back and fly them home, which I thought was a funny oh, yeah. With what? Yeah. Wait, he's an instruction. He'll rebuild the plane. Because uh, no, you were such a good fighter, and you're such a good father. Yeah. I don't think he's you're going to fly, with Michael. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he actually handy Michael. with an axe. Yeah, but I actually looked that up that Halliburton case, and it's an actual thing. Yeah, because yeah, I thought it might just Is be it? a okay. prop, but no, it's, it exists. I've heard of it somewhere else before. Maybe it was twenty years ago when the well, show the, came out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and then the Halliburton was a company that. Yeah, that was Dick Cheney's you know, company. Contractor. Yeah. Dick Cheney's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Face. Yeah. <clears throat> totally different. Two totally different things. I'm sure, but that might or be where so you recognize think. the word. Yes. Mm. So Michael and Hurley are having a laugh at uh, Sawyer's expense because also Hurley somehow fucking knows about Halliburton briefcases. And they tell him, like, the only way he's going to get that open is with a sledgehammer or an axe. An axe. Yeah. So then we immediately cut to the jungle where Boone and Locke are with the axe. And Locke. They're just hanging out with the axe, having a conversation. (laughs) How'd you get out here? Locke. Locke wants to make sure that uh, nobody saw Boone take the axe, and he's pretty sure they didn't. And so Boone didn't find like, it out on get the sign-out sheet. Uh, yeah, right. Really <laughs> hasn't gotten to that point yet. I, I like actually. I'm gonna say something here. Like Locke actually gave him the sort of like dad treatment. There was like, now you think nobody saw you, or you know nobody saw you. Yep, yep. he did. Yeah, yeah, he did do that. Um. All right, so we cut to the beach where Rose is kind of dragging some stuff up from one place to another as they're moving to a safer place. She says hi to Charlie and he doesn't respond. And she makes some comment about how he's not talking right now, but that even though, you know, he's gone through this trauma, he really shouldn't be rude and he should be helping them. And he responds, are you serious? Yeah, that's what and, I was uh, thinking too. I mean, really? He just like almost died. You know what? shit beat out okay. of him by Jack. No, I get it, but I'm almost on Rose's side here because she's right. Like, they're all in a pretty fucked up situation, and if they were all going to sit around and mope about it, then they wouldn't survive. So they really do need to, like, pitch in. Um, So I saw that from her point of view. I also thought that she might have been 
being very mom-like in the way that, like, if I can distract you with another task, yeah. then the grief of what you're going through um, won't be your focus. And I sort of thought that that might have been her motivation Yeah, as well. I definitely think that's what it was. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, he agrees. He gets up and he starts to help her. We go back into the jungle where Sawyer is, like, smashing this suitcase against a rock and he's squatting there and looks like uh, Gollum. <laughs> and he's <laughs> when he's like, squash, yeah, he's like squatting on the rock, yeah. and he's smashing the suitcase, and nothing's working. And he looks up, and he realizes that he's next to this huge, like giant grove of girls. Yes. So he goes up there and makes some comment about physics, my ass, and he drops the case. It doesn't break, but then here comes fucking Kate running out of the jungle. That was funny. And. Yeah, he's like, oh, shit. And he starts climbing down a vine to to try to catch her. She's taken off. They're running uh, after each other. They're through the jungle. And they go out into this, like, tall grass. And somehow he cuts her off at the pass and tackles the fuck out of her. It's amazing. And this time he ends up uh, landing on top and makes some rapey fucking comment about how he knew this was what she wanted, but... He didn't realize how bad. So gross. Um, it's gross, but I'm also getting excited because maybe they're going to do it in the grass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she tries to headbutt him. He moves out of the way and tells her she needs more moves, to which uh, she responds with, like, promptly landing another spectacular fucking headbutt. Uh, they wrestle a little, and when they come up again, Sawyer has the fucking case. He's taunting her with it a little bit, but... Um, he tells her that really if she will tell him what's in it, he'll give it to her because she can't open it anyway. So he doesn't really care. It's really all just about like the curiosity of what's inside it. And he gives her one last last chance to come clean. She won't do it. And uh, she walks away. And then we whoosh back to another flashback. I feel, that, I feel like this case right now is bank. almost acting as like a proxy for the uh, for the hatch. Explain. Every, it's just another one of those things. Hey, there's something under lock and key and nobody can get to it. What is it? What is it? Like there, it's the same kind mm. of deal as with, with, I guess we don't actually know it as the hatch at this point, but the same kind of deal where they, they give you this idea that there's this locked thing at the end of the last episode. Then they barely even touch it in this episode and they move yeah, over the to, thing to this other thing. This, it's when a side shows up with the axe. Yeah. yeah it's, it's total side. Well, yeah. Quest. Because they make you wait for it because now you're like, wait, what in the fuck is buried in this jungle? Yeah. And then they, you know, go off into other stories yeah, exactly. and, and make you wait. Yeah. yeah exactly. But I feel like they sort of tease That's you the lost way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we flash back. We can hear a voice saying, give me the key. I'm tired of asking nicely. And it's basically one of the robbers and he's talking to the manager. Um, you can see Kate squatting on the floor and the robbers are screaming telling people to look down, not look at them. And so then this fucking guy who's next to Kate and he just sort of country bumpkin fuck, like leans over. He's like, I, you know, I can take them. He, he like, pulled a point. One unarmed guy versus three armed yeah. guys. Yeah. Really yes, it doesn't make any stupid. sense. Yeah, he's like, the tall guy's not looking now. It's now or never. Keep your head down. And then he just runs and tackles right, this I'll guy I'll keep my head gun. down. Cool. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, Watch I your ass get shot. What are you doing? Stupid, and the fact that he just sort of leans over to a complete stranger and is like trying to enlist her in this heroic yeah. rescue where they're unarmed—it's just the whole fucking scenario is stupid. And as we find out, his but instincts anyways, were even more wrong. Yeah, <laughs> so all the people he asked. Um, for me, it was a point break moment because that exact yeah. same ha- thing yeah. happens. Right. So. Except they ain't got any Johnny Utah in the bank. 
Right. Well, and it wasn't so, the dead president. It's a shame. That would have been that would have been pretty cool, actually. A Patrick Swayze president. show up in this scene. <laughs> um, that would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. How would they explain Patrick Swayze on the island. I don't know. Who cares? He's not on the island. He's in the bank. It would make more no, sense. He's there. <laughs> yeah. He's had had the time of his life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, babe. Got any special occasions coming up that you need a card for? Is this a trick question? No, it's an advertisement. Is this about barbcards.com again? They can go. So I suppose you're going to remind me that each handmade card is only $1.50. Mm-hmm. And they don't come with busy backgrounds or flowery poetry. You got it. Barbcards.com offers to-the-point communication within several different categories, including our favorite, potty mouth. And if you can't find what you want, barbcards.com can do customizations. Can I still get all of my cards for no more than $4 shipping, no matter the size of the order? You know it. Barbcards.com has got all you need. Hey, Ben. Oh, my God. What are we selling now? Merch. Our merch? Yes, sir. Shirts, coffee mugs, wine tumblers, bottle openers, stickers, magnets, and more. Your choice of product and your choice of Space Bear Media Graphic from any of our podcasts. Please tell me we're not making merch now, too. <laughs> of course not. We'll stick to podcasts and Pixis products will do the rest. Thank God. I bet you have more to say, though. Sure do. Pixis Products is a small business run by a local mom, but local to us anyway, who needed something else to do besides being a snack bitch. A what? A snack bitch, also known as a mom with a young child. There's still more, isn't there? Yepers! Pixis Products works with other small businesses for supplies, art, and other collaborations at every opportunity, including ours. In fact... Pixis Products even gave Space Bear Media our own storefront on their site. You can find us at shopspacebear.com. Say what? You heard me. Go to shopspacebear.com and buy something. Anyways, this dipshit bumpkin tackles one of the robbers, and the guy drops his gun, and it, of course, just slides right over to Kate's knees. And she picks it up, and this guy's screaming at her, what's wrong with you? Shoot it, shoot it, what's wrong with you? And she just kind of I don't know how to use a gun. gun and, yeah, says so she doesn't know how to use it. So main robber guy grabs on the her. island. You know, after they shot the polar she bear? She did say well, that, yeah. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. yeah. So we know she was lying both times. Um, and so this robber guy drags her into a separate room and she's screaming, you know, no, please don't. And he's dragging her off. And um, 
Once they get behind closed doors, he takes his mask off and he's looking, you know, giving her kind of a sexy look or whatever and jokes with her in a mocking tone, just says, I don't know how to use a gun. And <laughs> she starts to laugh. And that's when you find out that she's in on the whole thing. And Kate is also a bank robber. And then they start to make out, which is <laughs> in the middle of the robbery. Oh, exactly what you would do in the middle of a bank robbery. I don't. I mean, I mean, if I was with Kate, I'd be making out with her in the middle of a bank robbery, too. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but if I've learned All anything right. from Point Break is you don't go back into the, the safe. You know, you just exactly. hit the registers and go just in and out. Yeah. In and out. Separate the die pack. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> bank robbery 101. Yeah. All right. Sorry. That's the end of the flashback. We cut back to the beach. Um. And we see that they, you know, they're pretty successful. They've been moving stuff up the beach. We're getting some some new, like, rebuilt structures or whatever. And um, Saeed has managed to construct some sort of desk out of uh, who knows what shit from the plane. And there's a tarp hanging around it. And it makes kind of like this little alcove. And he and Shannon are there looking over the paperwork, Russo's papers. And... um, he, she's complaining about the equations and he tells her to just shut up and deal with the French. Shut up or I'll subtract your ass. <laughs> I did <laughs> notice. Math is so hard. I did notice that Shannon had on this incredibly bright white tank top, um, which is sort of amazing having been on the island for 22 days. <laughs> I don't know where she's doing her laundry or where she got bleach, but that's what it looks like. Well, um, she doesn't so do she's anything downing- to get dirty. You know, she doesn't pitch in and help at all, so. Oh, that's a good point, right? I guess if you're just sunbathing, then, yeah. Plus, there's probably so, still a lot of luggage that has a lot of unused clothes in him, so she yeah. probably, you know. Yeah. Okay, fine. I accept that. Uh, Shannon is doubting herself, and Saeed believes in her for some fucking reason. I don't really know why. He asks how she knows French, and she says it was because of some guy in Saint-Tropez. Of course. And, yeah. <laughs> and so... They actually seem to be enjoying each other's company. They seem to like each other, and there's a lot of little, you know, glances and smiles and that kind of thing. And um, we cut back to the cave, and Jack is trying to ask Sun what, like, some plant she's cultivating, like, what it's for. He asks in English, and she pretends like she doesn't understand him, responds in Korean, and then mimes a headache, and he he understands that. Kate comes in and tells Jack that they have a problem, and he's like, oh, is it we or is it you have a problem? Um, Which I thought was kind of interesting. So she starts chatting with him because she doesn't realize that Sun can speak English and that she's standing there and can overhear. Yeah, so she tells him, you know, that he's the only one that knows about her and that when they were in Sydney, the marshal had tried to check this case or had tried to take the case on the plane and they wouldn't let him. They made him check it and it was because it was full of guns and ammo um why she was privy to what he was carrying i'm not and why yeah. would why would why would he have four pistols as well four of them yeah, that's yeah i mean i can imagine i can imagine having different types of firearms for different things like you have a shotgun Plus you have he a pistol. Had his ankle gun too so yeah. Like five. yeah hammerless revolver like but yeah five pistols it just seems kind of like i don't okay, know must be pretty violent. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so Kate tells Jack uh, that Sawyer now has the case and that he it's not open, but he's going to figure it out sooner or later. And then Sawyer's going to have four guns. Um, Jack is wise to Kate and her fucking shenanigans. So he knows there's something else in that case that she wants and that she's not really just concerned about Sawyer and the guns. 
He questions her, but she um, does not want to give up any of that information. And he says he will help her get the case, but the trade-off is that they will open it together. So she can't hide what's in there. And she agrees. Um, oh, well, I did <laughs> I did kind of skip over the, the really big part, is that he tells her that the... Uh, she tells him the key was in the... Marshall's wallet and Jack says, yeah, but I buried him. And she says, I know where. And it becomes Ew. evident that she and wants to dig his body up. Strange that he didn't burn him like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, well, he felt right. personally responsible actually, for it. So uh, he, that he comes could, up. It does. Yeah. It does come up um, a little bit when they, when they get there. She, she does question him about that. Yeah, you're right. So uh, we're back on the beach. Rose and Charlie are, you know, moving stuff across the sand. And he says to her, like, why do you look happy? And she tells him she must be. And he says there's no reason to be happy. And he starts listing, you know, all the reasons why. And one of them is that nobody's coming for them. And she snaps and just, you know, kind of reminds him, like, you don't know that. And then Charlie reminds her that there's a man-eating monster in the jungle. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and that there are other people trying to hurt them as well. And she just kind of interrupts him and ignores what he's saying and tells him, nobody blames you. It's not your fault. And that takes him, it's not your fault, Charlie. Uh, and that kind of takes him by surprise, (laughs) but it, (laughs) it's not your fault, but it does all, Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's not your fault, Lacey. (laughs) (laughs) She tells Charlie that he needs to ask for help and he's just kind of like, well, who's going to help me? Um, we are now at the gravesite, and Kate wonders why the marshal wasn't burned, same as you did, Derek. And his response was that um, because Jack needed to bury him for himself because he did have to murder him with his bare hands. So we don't really know. Well, well, I mean, you don't. But he goes, he goes in there when the guy is, you know, pneumonia and gurgling and choking to stops. death. Yeah, and I. I feel like I suppose that's debatable, but I feel like Jack had to like, smother him or or something to put him out of his misery. Or just gets on top of his chest of and starts jumping up and down until all the blood stops spurting out. <laughs> <laughs> punches his heart <laughs> exactly. like 14 times. Yeah. Like, I'm going to bring you back. <laughs> all right. So um, where were we? All right. So Kate, um, while they're standing there over the grave, you hear Kate's voice say, so are you ready to do this? But she's not actually talking to Jack. It brings you into the next flashback. And that was her talking to Robert boyfriend um, in the room in the bank where they're doing hanky panky and just kind of chilling. They're hanky just sort of in there in for the a banky. while. Oh, how did I miss that? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So he punches her in the face and to try to make it look real and then drags her back out there and basically uses her as a negotiating piece. He thinks that the manager will be more worried about Kate's life um, or Maggie, I guess, at this point. I don't even know if we've heard Maggie yet, but that's what she's going by. Um, And it works. He threatens her and the bank manager agrees. And um, so you always thought that, like, if there's a robbery, the bank managers say here. I didn't know they were supposed to say no or because, you know, federally insured. (laughs) Yeah, it's not my money. It's FDIC. So you're good. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's standard protocol. Just give the money and don't like risk your life. But, you know, this is lost. So, yeah. Um, 
We cut back to the island, and they're digging up the Marshal's body. They start retching and gagging because Ugh. he's buried just, in a shallow yeah. grave on a <laughs> tropical island. Gross. And there's a funny line in there because Jack asks Kate if she's all right. And she's like, compared to what? <laughs> Which is, I feel like, a, a good response. Um, anyway, they Jack holds the body, like pushes it on its side so she can grab the wallet. She has it. She opens it and it's full of maggots. She screams, throws it to the ground. And uh, Jack takes it from her and says the key's not in there. And she tries to pretend that she's surprised, but he calls her out on it and, and tells her that he realizes she used a sleight of hand. When she tossed the, um, you know, when she saw the maggots and threw it on the ground. And Jack has to realize, like, that basically she was going to lie to him and she was going to steal this key and she used him, essentially. And he, she, like, tries to offer up explanation and he's just like, no. And um, tells her don't and walks away. So we're back with Saeed and Shannon and they're at their makeshift kind of, like, desk. And she tries to translate some phrases, but she's getting weird stuff, like the sea of silver sparkles that change. Um, and... Shoot, what was one of the other ones? Lake of Blue Infinity, I guess. And uh, so and then she goes, um, Oh, it's actually eternity. Right. Right. And then it, eternity. So she um he's sort of badgering her that it like it doesn't make sense as if that's her fucking problem. <laughs> but um or maybe he thinks yeah, she's for, mistranslating it or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess he does. Um and he she just asks him for some space. She's like, you know, I need to try to figure this out. But tells him that she feels like it's familiar in some way. And he criticizes her and being like, well, I don't know how this could be familiar because it's basically what you've been telling me is complete nonsense. And um, she gets pissed and she basically tells him, like, you know, did you ever think that after 16 years, maybe Danielle is not well adjusted and that's why this doesn't make sense, which is a good fucking point. And um, she gets mad and storms off and he actually looks like he feels bad about upsetting her. And we cut over to Sawyer, and he's kind of, like, building himself a, a new shelter. And Jack comes up and says, you have to give me the case. And Sawyer makes some comment about how he wasn't surprised that uh, she put him— she was put, putting Jack up to, like, getting it back and asks if they're going to rest Doing her dirty it. work for her. Yeah, that's something what he says, yeah. And so um, Jack goes— fucking hardcore and basically threatens to kill Sawyer by withholding antibiotics and tells him in detail what's going to happen to him and how his wound will start itching and he'll get red lines in his arm and they're going to move toward his heart and he's going to, you know, die. Sawyer tells him he thinks that's a BS and that be even if it was true, Jack didn't have the balls to do that. Um, Which Jack tells him he's wrong. Sawyer doesn't know Jack, but we all know what Jack did, you know, to his own father when he thought that that was the right thing to do. So for me, I think Jack could let Sawyer die. Um, so much for the Hippocratic Oath, huh? Debatable. Well, he's going to be tested so many times. Not doing any harm. He's just not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, that's a good, that's a well, good yeah, argument. I would say by action <laughs> um, or by omission of action. Uh, that's I agree, a, but uh, yeah. that's a, but anyways, point is, uh, Sawyer, he gives in. He gives him the case. And he wants to know if Jack knows what's inside of it. And Jack lies and tells him that he doesn't. So we cut to Kate on the beach. And Jack comes up and says that, you know, they're going to open that together. And she asks him why. And he's very decisive in responding because that's what I said we'd do. 
uh, which I liked that moment. Boom. It was just like, don't fuck yep. with me, bitch. I yep. got this thing and we're fucking opening it together. Um, so they do that. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. First, there's another f- uh, flashback. So she gets up to walk toward Jack. And as she's walking, you know, we get like the uh, close up on her face and yeah, whooshes us back. They're in the vault now. And there is a ridiculous amount of cash just sitting out on a table for no apparent reason. That's what um, happens in a vault. I guess that's how the <laughs> bank keeps their money. Um, so they drag Kate in there. She's still pretending to be a victim. But the bank manager try- makes a play to save her and says, like, you know, I let you in here. You should let her go. And that's when the boyfriend robber um, gives up the the Throws her story. Under the um, yeah. Right. Basically, is like, yeah, she planned the whole thing. Um, everything that you see here, you know, is all Maggie's idea. I think that's the first time you hear Maggie. That's Maggie. Yes, you're right. That's the first time. So then he rips off his mask and she immediately says, what are you doing? Because you take off your mask in the middle of a robbery. It implies you're probably going to kill somebody. And she doesn't like that. She says that, um, nobody was supposed to get hurt. And, uh, she now, she grabs a gun from one of the other guys. I don't know. She just reaches over and snatches it, points the gun at the boyfriend while the boyfriend has the gun pointed at the manager and there's a little bit of a standoff. He doesn't think she's going to do anything. She's like, fuck you, and shoots him in the leg. She's badass. And yep. Yeah. <laughs> then she shoots the other two guys. It looks like maybe in their shoulders or something, and one of them screams out, I told you not to trust her. <laughs> <laughs> but then we find out uh, that there's more to this story than we know because Kate turns to the bank manager and says that she needs the key to the safety po- deposit box 815. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which is a number we have heard before. Flight um, That's when, yeah. And then that's when you realize this whole thing's been a ruse. Even the boyfriend robber and the other robbers, they have no idea that the, that the real goal was whatever is in the safe deposit box. And she is using all of them. Um, the bank manager, you know, tries to question, like, who are you? And she's just like, now, let's get in there. She gets it open. And what is inside uh, is, oh, sorry. She had the key. Yeah, he tries to explain to her that um, he only has one key, the other key the client has, and she holds the key up. And he questions, like, well, what what is all of this for? And she admits that she's not on, like, the... She didn't have the signature card, card. yeah. Yeah. Um, So they open up, or uh, the boyfriend robber says, like, he's pissed, he starts screaming at her, and he can't believe this is all over a safe deposit box. And he tells Maggie he's going to kill her. And she just says, my name's not Maggie. And goes and gets her safe deposit box. And what is inside is a white envelope. Just one envelope. Um, but it's looking full of something. It's not flat like a letter. It's full of something. So we're back on the island in the caves. And Jack asks Kate, like, gives her one more chance to uh, tell him, like, what is actually in here. She shakes her head. He opens it up, starts pulling stuff out like guns and bullets, stack of cash. Um, And she's looking kind of sick to her stomach. And you can tell that she's trying to look into the case to see what else is in there. And he knows that, you know, there's obviously something. So he reaches in and grabs it, hands it to her and says, is this what you wanted? And it is, of course, the envelope. Um, And she opens it up, and inside the envelope is a little toy airplane. And it looks like the airplane that they were on. It also looks like the airplanes that showed up in Claire's episode. On the baby's mobile. The baby's, yeah, mobile, exactly. 
Um, and so Jack is just can't believe it. He just cannot fucking believe it. He's so pissed. Like no, wait, all of I, this over. I don't think it looked like airplane. it didn't look like the plane that they were on, did it? Like it was a it was no. a prop plane. It was like the model that they had was like a small prop plane. It didn't. It looked more like a DC three or something. It didn't look like a jet. Oh no! It definitely looked like a jet. Well, DC three was a jet. No, it wasn't. I thought it was a. Prop. I, I, I don't think it had propellers like it. on it. I thought it did. All right. Well, now we're going to have to get a clip of that. We'll put it on the Facebook page and we can argue over what kind of plane that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So Jack is just sort of like, what the fuck is this? And he wants to know what it is. And she won't answer him. And he is just badgering her, you know, with tell me something true. And she's trying to tell him, you know, you wouldn't understand. And then. Uh, she screams out that it belonged to the man that she loved, and he doesn't believe her and tells her to stop lying. Um, she says it again, and he, he demands that she tell him the truth, and she actually says it. I am telling the truth. It belonged to the man uh, that I killed. Whoa. And so we find out that she was, I guess, murdered her lover. I just looked and it up. It was, was a DC-3. Ben was right. Okay. Well, there you go. Um. <laughs> For those of you that can't see him, um, he's got a, a fist in the air, uh, feeling victorious. So. I, I know my plane. One plane for Ben. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate falls on the ground and she is just violently sobbing. I mean, she is clearly reliving uh, whatever trauma surrounds this airplane. Jack looks like he's going to comfort her for a half a second and then he decides otherwise and just walks away. He's actually word, pretty shitty her to her the entire episode. You think so? Oh, yeah. He's that very, was doc- very harsh. That was his Dr. Freeze moment. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we cut back to the group of survivors that are, like, moving everything around, and they're they're coming up the beach. Vincent's running ahead of Walt, and I noticed that the dog, like, trips and wipes I, I out. Did anybody that. else see that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I guess. The dog falls down face first in the sand, which I thought was awesome. But Whoever edited it was um, like, yeah, let's just fucking leave, let's it leave it that in. Yeah, that's <laughs> dog won't care. So... They're they're setting up, you know, they're resetting up their their living quarters, sort of at the end of the jungle, edge of the jungle. Excuse me. Now it's nighttime, and Rose is uh, sitting by a fire with Charlie, and uh, Charlie mentions to her, you know, that Rose's husband was in the tail of the plane, and she confirms that he was, but he'll be back. And she's she is so confident Charlie, about that. Yep, she is absolutely confident. She knows he a lot. He's alive. And Charlie wants to know how she explains that there's a fine line between denial and faith and that it's much better on her side. Um, Meaning, you know, it's comforting to believe things that you don't have evidence for is essentially what she's saying. (laughs) Her her confidence, her confidence kind of, to me, it kind of mirrors Locke's. Like they both have that same sort of like there's some reassurance in them that they know specific things that they shouldn't know. There, there's absolutely reassurance in people that claim to have answers. That's how you get religious leaders. Oh, yeah. Right. So. Or, or con men. <laughs> or presidents. Uh, what, same yeah, thing. What's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, what she says, it it triggers. It's just like the, that sort of final straw for Charlie. And he loses it. He's crying. He lets it all go. Um, and then he does ask her for help, to which she responds that uh, she can't help him. And then she starts praying, which I guess means God can help him. Um, I find it hilarious that you'd be praying to the God that has you stranded on a exactly. island, but that's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We'll, well move on. That's his will. Yeah. But then Charlie so, starts crying. 
He does. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, clearly she's saying the things that he needs to hear, and she's yeah. helping him. And get and past we do know that this, that this Charlie is a person of faith as well in yeah, this. Yeah, so that, that's, that's that right. Especially, yeah, he, especially meaningful to him. Episode, yeah. Right. So we get uh, that we're kind of scanning across the beach again, and we see Shannon uh, walking up over to Saeed kind of reluctantly, and you can tell that they have this connection, but you're not really sure sort of what's happening there quite yet. Um, she sits down in her very clean pink sarong, and <laughs> she starts to tell him about the guy from Saint Tropez and how he had a son named Laurent, and the son hated her but really loved a cartoon about a Disney cartoon about fish. I remember she said uh, he was a real snot. He was a real snot, yeah. yeah. And so, but apparently he loved Finding Nemo and he watched it all the time. And Saeed is wants to know, like, what is the fucking? Yes, it's definitely Finding oh. Nemo. Yeah. So they don't say that, but that's right. I remember which, this is, which I do. I do find weird that they couldn't actually use the name of the Disney movie because it's an ABC show, which is owned by Disney. Was it owned well, by Disney in two thousand four? I don't think they were. I don't know when ABC was acquired. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that is. I know, like, maybe that's what I, I'm. I worked there for a while, and I know in like two thousand nine, ABC was under was under Disney, but I don't I don't recall when that merger happened. Oh, 1995. Right. It's been a while. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they did. All right. Anyway, Saeed wants to know what the fucking point of the story is, and she tells him that that this movie was dubbed in French, and at the end of the movie are song lyrics, and she recognizes the lyrics from the song are what is written on the documents, and um, obviously Saeed wants to know what the song is, so she sings it to him in French, and she actually sings really well. Yeah. It's very pretty. Um, and as she's, she's singing this, she's, I'm sure she is. <laughs> as she's singing, the camera pans over and it shows Boone standing kind of behind them in the trees, looking really fucking ominous. Well, he's learning from Locke. He's been hanging out in the jungle yeah, with Locke. Exactly. He's learning his stairs. Yeah. He's got the creepy, tr- like, jungle stare yes. going on. But Locke's like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, son, you're doing all right, but we need to do something about those eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I got my knife so, here and trim them. So anyway, so Shannon is, um, she's still singing, and we see Jack kind of come walking through the camp, and he passes Kate and leaves her sitting there without a word. And she is just um, holding the toy airplane up, kind of in the light of the bonfire flame, and is twirling it around in her fingers. The music is super sad. Kate is super sad. And then we get the lost finale screen. And that is the end of the episode. Okay, so today I have some fun facts about waterfalls because I was very impressed with the one at the lagoon. But first, I also have the lyrics, the English version to the song oh, that cool. uh, Shannon sung. You all, everybody. Are. <laughs> it's not that yep. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are as follows. The sea that we see dancing along the clear gulfs has reflections of silver. The sea changing reflections under the rain. The sea that in the summer sky confuses his white sheep. With angels so pure, the sea. Uh, there are actually like several more verses, but I'm not going to read the whole fucking song. That's the part that she sang. 
Um, so she did have the reflections of silver, right? It's prettier in French. At least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Waterfalls. Um, so what I did was I looked up some information about how waterfalls are formed. And um, what's really interesting is like it can't just be because there is a stream or um, a, a river or whatever. There has to be that in very specific conditions, which is the water traverses over um, a soft layer of rock, which is on top of a hard layer of rock, which is on top of a soft layer of rock. When water traverses over that, what happens over time is that the soft layers start to erode um, and the hard layer is left there as what will form into being the cliff. And so the soft underbelly um, land starts to erode away as the water, you know, is dripping down. And this happens over, obviously, a long period of time. But what will happen eventually, a more advanced waterfall, is that um, both the soft layer at the top has already eroded away. So the water is on the hard layer of the ground. But the soft layer underneath starts to erode away, which is why with older waterfalls, you can walk behind them. Because the water has eroded the the soft layer that's under there. And what will happen eventually is that soft layer will erode enough that the hard layer will collapse and the waterfall will disappear. And that entire process uh, takes several million years cool. to happen. Yeah, eventually that'll yeah. happen to Niagara Falls. That's right. I mean, it'll happen to any any waterfall. And Niagara is a good example of a, of an older waterfall because I mean, they have huge entire like waterfalls. That is awesome. If you've never been there, you should go. It's incredible. Yes. You know, Locke, Locke um, already told us all of this, though. Yeah, remember you. episode six? <laughs> 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 all right. Okay. All right. All right. You know what? Right. I didn't have to bring the song lyrics. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Just kidding. I like waterfalls. Uh, here are some more facts, actually. Niagara Falls um, continues to retreat the the area underneath where you have the walkway at about three feet per year. Wow. The uh, underside. Well, yeah. it's insane yeah. the amount of volume of water that yeah. goes over that thing. Right. Imagine that much water only um, does three feet per year. Imagine smaller ones. Like it's like you're saying, it's millions and millions that's of years. That's how it takes millions yeah. of years. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, let's move on to best and worst moments. How about we start with Derek? Uh, the best moment in this episode was Rose with Charlie, you know, this kind of connecting with him, getting him to, you know, kind of deal with his, you know, issues that he had and not so much made the praying part, but just, you know, giving him kind of hope because he was pretty hopeless before that, you know, like who's going to help me. And so she, she right, helped yeah. him there. And my worst moment was actually it was just Kate being so um, dodgy about what was in the case. The meaning, you know, how Jack basically had to scream at her to get her to kind of, you know, tell the truth about it or somewhat of the truth. Christy, how about you? Um, my best moment was Rose taking care of Charlie as well. I loved that she, you know, stepped in and took the mother role a little bit. Um Mm-hmm. And my worst was, uh, I'm sorry, it was the the Marshall's wallet. Maggots are so, so gross. And I don't even like to look at them. Maggots are so gross. Yeah. Well, don't ever get gangrene <laughs> okay. because I use maggots to clean that up on your body. Ugh. 
I mean, maybe out in the field, but like. No, even now. Really? They're actually yeah. very good at it. Yep. They'll only eat the dead mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, as um as a licensed veterinary technician, I have pulled maggots out of wounds on uh pets before. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's nasty. Slithering around. Yeah. Um Ben, how about you? Best moment, worst moment? I mean, best moment was uh <clears throat> Kate swimming around in the in the little grotto there. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. from a purely uh, base perspective, I'm not going to, you know, the, the, everything Rose did with, with Charlie was very nice and all, but um, I'm a little more self-serving in my in my decision <laughs> on this one. Uh, worst moment was actually, I think it was probably also one of the funniest moments, was just uh, uh, Sawyer trying to get the goddamn case open. Um like Gollum. Yeah, like yeah. Gollum. Like literally, you know, physics my ass and goes up there like it's, science. It's, it's so it's so bad. Um but it just I but felt I like also a Wiley really enjoyed coyote it. kind of Absolutely. Thing, you know? Yeah. It was, it was yeah. super ridiculous. Yeah. And then it's super funny. Super ridiculous? Is that what you no, said? I, I, super ridiculous? No, I was super ridiculous. <laughs> I heard that too. <laughs> That's what you said. Yes, you you said it was super ridiculous. I mean, yes, I did. you did. <laughs> I just made uh, up a really good being, new word. Yeah, this is being recorded. You cannot fake it. We have mm-hmm. super ridiculous. Excellent. Um, awesome. Yeah. Sawyer perfect. is super ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Oh my God. <laughs> ben, did you give us your worst moment? I can't even remember yes. now. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Super ridiculous. Yep. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, my best moment. Again, it's this, the same as uh, a couple of you, Rose getting Charlie out of his funk and really kind of being there for him. Uh, the worst moment was making out in a bank robbery. I mean, it's just so fucking dumb. That was yeah, really stupid. stupid. I can't. I can't. I hated that. Um, okay. I'm going to start uh, with my character rankings. My number one character this week is Rose. Um, I think that she was the most helpful. And uh, she was strong in this episode, I thought. So, guys... My worst character is Kate. I can't believe it. She's actually going to get negative points. But you know what? She is selfish as fuck in this episode. She drags three guys into a bank robbery that she has no intention of. Like, I mean, it's just all about her and then all over this case and causing wreaking all kind of havoc. So she could have a toy fucking airplane. Um, And at this point, I don't know any of the rest of the story. And so I really I just hate her. In this episode, and it's upsetting. Having said that, I am going to have a threesome with her and Sawyer in the lagoon. Like, (laughs) (laughs) on the rocks. Um, And uh, I have nobody to kill this week. I couldn't, I just couldn't come up. I don't know why. It was something about this episode that I just, there was no murderous rage uh, in me. Um, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm leaving that one blank this week, guys. Uh, Ben, how about, how about you? I should do that. I should do mine last because of the power rankings. I understand that. It's okay. We can go on this order. I come back to you. Um, let's see. First place this week was, was Jack. Um, just more because he's, you know, he's kind of the rock. Um, and Mm -hmm. I think he, really uh especially in his dealings with kate you kind of see that like he's 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 principled and he kind of sticks with it 
Um, my my worst was was her her idiot like robber boyfriend mm-hmm. for for several reasons. But yeah, I mean the makeout scene just give me a fucking break. That said, I didn't find Kate's actions to be particularly uh, uh, endearing. However, um, I'm still going to fuck her. Um, <laughs> and and for kill again, like I kind of had the same the same reaction this week like it was hard to figure out somebody that i wanted to kill yeah. but knowing that i had to direct my eye or somewhere uh, i killed boone just cause. yeah just because <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck <coughs> i'm gonna choke on that one giggity <laughs> i mean really i left that wide open giggity <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> jesus all right that's why we're married um, Christy, how about your ranking? Um, my top is Rose, of course, for taking care of Charlie. Absolutely love her. My bottom is Jack because he was being a super dick. He was being super ridiculous. Um, <laughs> to Kate, I I can All agree right. with you that the bank robbery thing was incredibly selfish, but mm-hmm. on the island, her actions. How about Jack? It's none of your fucking business. What's in the case? You know, okay. Okay. so I just I felt like he was just a dick to her the whole episode. And Boone was really kind of a dick to um, Shannon the whole episode, too. And she was trying to be useful. But anyway, um, I'll fuck Kate, too, because she looked really, really cute in the lagoon. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then for kill the robber boyfriend. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess we can. You know, he, he went to throw her under the bus and. That was shitty, and granted, she was kind of shitty in that scene too. But whatever. So we're gonna have like right. Robert Boy or the the Robert boyfriend, um, Liam Pace, and uh, and who else? The Marshal and Thomas. Thomas. We kill a lot. We of have the, Thomas, yeah, and then Randy. Kill, yeah. So we've got we got like five contenders Randy right now. Stagnations. Yeah, we got like five contenders in in the sort of uh, the pool of characters we really don't give a shit about. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Derek. All right. So my best character this week was Jack. Um, just like what Ben said, you know, he's like the rock of the island right now. And and then uh, my worst was the robber boyfriend because you know he ratted Kate out and he's just an idiot. And I, I also going to kill him this week because I had to kill somebody and he'd be a good choice. And <laughs> I'm going to fuck Kate. Uh, she looked really good in the bank, but even better in the lagoon. Yeah. Yeah. Before she was even wet and she wasn't sweaty either. She was just in panties. <laughs> she just, she just, so you got panties, Kate, too. She, she could become the worst <laughs> character. Like she could just become truly vile. She'd probably still, still go up in the standings just because everyone would be fucking her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had her as my third worst, but I guess yeah. fucking her will offset that. Offset that. It oh, does. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Christy. What are your final impressions of this episode? Um, it just kind of seems like everybody had a really bad day. You know, it was a really <laughs> sad and, you know, I don't know. I just, I didn't love this episode. I liked learning more about the characters, of course, but I didn't love this episode. Everybody was kind of sad and having a bad day so and mean to each other. It just, everybody was on their period. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Ben, how about you? What do you think? 
Um, I, I, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat, uh, as Christy, like it, it was a, it was a decent episode, but I think compared to the, the previous two, it wasn't, it wasn't as strong. Um, you know, I, I enjoy seeing Kate's sort of origin story a bit, but at the same time, her origin story doesn't really, it's not very endearing. Like it is with some of the other characters. Like the more, you know, about her now, the more you're kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure about her. Um, yeah. So far, at least, yeah. that's, what so far. that's what they're doing yeah. to her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, and I, I like how they're starting to, you know, bring kind of Shannon into the fray a little bit. Like, okay, she's she actually has some use. And, you know, they kind of spark something between her and Saeed, which is sort of intriguing. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it had it, it had its strong points. But, um, yeah, on the whole, it was just not, as I think, again, not as strong as some of the other episodes. All right, well, I'll jump in with my final impressions, which I have to say I'm a little bit surprised about this because I also thought it was not the best episode and I thought I was going to be alone in that. Um, and normally, you know, with a Kate episode, I'm going to love it because I I love her character. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. There was a lot going on and um, I, I don't know how to explain it. It just felt lacking. And maybe it was after the other two, like you say, Ben, but... Um, you know, in the long run of watching a show like this, you've got to have some episodes that kind of bring you like a little bit back down that aren't too intense yeah. all in a row. That's like watching The Handmaid's Tale can is like emotionally exhausting because every episode is just sucks. Is that a really psychotic. good series? I love it. Ben stopped watching it. Um, I am trying to watch the new season, but I can't watch more than one episode at a time because it's emotionally like taxing I to watch I, I don't want to watch it. I watched the first season. Um, um I think it's probably a very important show, but I I, I can't watch it. It's a, bit, yeah. a ton of it's, memes it is, about it. It's, it's, yeah, it's just it's way to too it. heavy it's, for me right very, now. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about is like every single episode is really yeah. fucking heavy and intense. And, um, you know, this episode does give you a reprieve from the intensity of the of the last two. So in that function, um, I think it was okay. But, um, yeah, I think... <laughs> Mostly while I'm watching this episode, all I'm thinking about is what, where, what, where's the thing in the jungle? Where's the hatch? Why are we not looking at yeah. that? What is that thing? I, yeah. I that's all I want to know, which I think is probably purposeful yeah. from the show. But. Absolutely. Um. All right, Derek. So, what are your impressions and and what kind of questions do you have this week? Well, this episode was also just okay for me. Um, I mean, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. We all thought the same well, thing. Well, to me, okay. it just didn't advance the plot very much. I mean, yes, we learned more about Kate. We learned more now that she killed somebody, apparently. Um, didn't really focus on the island too much, other than, you know, a few things with um, Saeed trying to translate. Um, but other than that, it just kind of, you know, didn't do much for me. But my biggest question is, who did Kate kill? Who was her lover and... Who, who and who did she kill? And who did she kill? Okay. Um, well, uh, you know what? I can't even honestly remember. I do know you will find that out, but I can't remember for the life of me when that comes in the show. Like what? How far until um, until you get that that reveal? Um, what I will tell you is that next week <clears throat> we have a new episode. It is called Hearts and Minds. It's a fucking boon episode guys ben is gonna present it to us um <laughs> he loves boon i, I put the boo in boon <laughs> <laughs> we're all 
not going to have to sit through a fucking Boone episode. We hope that you uh, also will join us, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Lost in My 40s is a Space Bear Media production. Executive produced and edited by me, Lacey J. Sound engineering, editing, and original music by Benjamin Trim. Like and follow Lost in My 40s on Facebook to interact with your hosts. Plus, follow Space Bear Media on YouTube to watch our episode pre-shows. You can also find us at SpaceBear underscore media on Instagram and Twitter. Or... Come to our website, spacebearmedia.com.